0: Bye. We're recording on Saturday, March 29, twenty
1: fourteen, and um, we have a, a trip coming up to Seattle, a little vacation planned. That's right, and we will actually be there um, on the twenty year anniversary of Nirvana's Kurt Cobain's apparent suicide.
0: I, I um I hadn't uh. uh it hadn't occurred to me, but he did die in 1994.
1: April 8th, yeah. So we can uh, definitely get some pictures and photos of things going on. I'm wondering if there's going to be anything going on, but I would hope so. Twenty years.
0: You know, I think for me, the uh, the rock and roll ended. The rock and roll era ended that day in uh, in April of 1994 because uh i realized that that was it that was you know uh like junior high was like you know junior high uh a lot of a lot of boys are pretty disgruntled kids in junior high i was probably one of them and like i i was really into nirvana you know i listened to a lot of nirvana and like uh that was, that was definitely my favorite band in that time and at freshman year of high school i uh i went to high school that was you know it's a few miles from where uh, i grew up and uh you know, I was kind of just getting to know the, uh, the school and, and getting to know the people and like, you know, that was, that was it. Like I kind of, that was the day that I, I stepped out of, uh, being like listening to Nirvana, uh, with my headphones on, on with my tapes, you know, and like, and it's like, well, there has to be something kind of move on to something else. I mean, I was, I was still listening to it, but do you know what I mean? Like there was a, it was a new day and not not in a positive sense really and at that time
1: yeah i mean i i love nirvana they were one of the first cds that i ever bought and i i mean i just listened to that going to sleep it was in my cd player all the time i mean i don't i think like having a cd in your car was kind of even rarer back then
0: Well, yeah, I mean, that that was becoming just a new feature on new cars. So how many people in high school had, like, yeah, like a new car with these new features? People would try to, like, force them into, you know, older systems. You know, you would would take out the tape deck and put in a CD player.
1: Exactly. And that's, like, my friend had an old truck, but he had a CD player in it. And just play it endlessly on and on and on. And it was just, it was so different for that era. It It was so different to the ears and just so raw and like really representative i think of what we were all feeling and going through and it was just it was awesome like it's so funny i listen to music and i'm just like god music we had growing up was like the best
0: not that i don't like stuff today but it was good i thought it was so cool like when i i got the tape of I had the tape of Nevermind. Yeah. It was like so you know and you know my my sister Katie, a couple years younger than me, really good athlete. So she was at I I went to some of her basketball games and I remember there was this school gym that had columns in it. It was hilarious. It was so too bad it had low ceilings <laughs> and columns. One of those schools in the Northwest suburbs of Chicago. I'm trying, trying to remember which uh which saint it was named after. But anyway uh <laughs>
1: which saint it was named <laughs> most after. Most of those and the further
0: you get out the less they're like those those more gothic urban. Um, Catholic titles like, uh, like, um, Holy Name and, uh, uh, Our Lady of Perpetual Help and stuff. And it just becomes Saint, you know, James or, uh, you know, a name like that. And, uh, I, I it was one of those parishes out there. Um, you know, Saint Barnabas, I don't know. <laughs> and,
1: uh,
0: Saint Barnabas, I know. I, I'm okay. not, I'm not sure. So, but- so I'm listening to yeah. Sorry? Yeah, you're listening. and then I saw the video and it was like, you know the video has that kind yeah. of like school gym, cramp school gym kind of vibe. It was it was much cooler in the video. But I'm saying is that it was like I mean, I was I think I was the audience they were making that for, you know? I mean that was that was like you said, <laughs> Nirvana, we were like we were in junior high when Nirvana broke. Like that was like yeah. so the age of like paying attention to it, but just being caught up in it yeah. and just being this new thing and um yeah, like who gets a who gets a, a look at a band at that age you see you know i think you still see young younger kids and teenagers and 20 somethings you, you, see, you see them with nirvana gear sometimes and nirvana stickers on their guitars yeah there's definitely a a lot of fans i'm not sure how enduring kurt Cobain's celebrity is like but i think he is i remember people wait so 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 when he died in you know 94 you know like yeah that was there was a real demarcation of like you know, junior high to high school for me, it was like this different era. And I started listening to Oasis and Chemical Brothers, you know, different stuff because it was, you know, things were changing.
1: Yeah. So I think, I think that's pretty cool that we're going to, we're going to be in Seattle around that time Um, and I definitely think we should make like a, a nice Nirvana playlist as we drive around.
0: (laughs) Well, Well, yeah. Uh, you know, um, we were talking about how, you know, Kurt Cobain grew up in a a sort of an old mill town on the fringes of the Seattle metropolitan yeah. area, and uh, you know, as the band got bigger, they were like in Seattle a lot. But I mean, like you know, it was it was a uh, he was he grew up in 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 one of the kind of for you know one of the towns out there was it Aberdeen or something you know. Uh, so I think it 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 we we talked about driving out to see what that area was like. Remember one of the times we we're in Seattle. But it's a bit of a, um, it's a bit of a drive. So we hadn't been out there. I wonder if that like two you know, hours. It may, I remember. Right? It was. It, it may well it's like have a been. Commitment. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, it looks like it looks like the, the uh, 93 XRT radio headline I'm looking at now. It says, uh, uh Cobain's how hometown of Aberdeen. Uh, yeah, something a story about that. Uh, so, so yeah, there's definitely people, you know, there's definitely a lot of interest in that. You can see New York Times writing up something chasing Kurt Cobain in Washington State. Yeah. So it is very of the moment. That's a, it's a good point. Um, so what what's your favorite album by Nirvana? Oh,
1: um... I really like their MTV Unplugged album. Um, it's a
0: classic, You're, you know what? That is a is not the one that might come to like people's minds right away, but then again, it is incredible. That is a great album.
1: They I never ever got to see them live, so that was probably like the closest experience and just hearing him talk in between songs and hearing him play um, other songs, you know, cover songs. Yeah. It was just it was so cool. W- I mean, because that's what happens at a puppets. show, you know? Yeah, yeah like, they'll just, guests. they'll cover, like, a a, a great show and, or a great song and, and do it their way. And it's so fun to see an artist you, you know, like and respect, and whatever, um, cover another song that you like that's either expected or unexpected, you know? It's, it's an homage, I think. Well, you know?
0: sure. I mean, covers, yeah, they definitely indicate, you know, uh, some sort of... Uh, uh, well they'll often indicate some sort of tangential musical influence or interest that you may not have thought of like didn't he also covered a David Bowie song
1: yeah and Lake of Fire is my favorite song on this album oh,
0: okay.
1: I don't know what does that say about me as a Nirvana fan
0: <laughs> No, I, I think that it, sh- it shows I think people that go remember when this album came out remember how good it was and I think I- it was the last one that was released it was just right around when he died yeah recording like I believe late 93 so it was right toward the end
1: yeah I had shorter hair and um I mean it's hard I like all of them but this one just always stands out to me and then Lake of Fire in particular just hearing the way that he sang like I felt like he was really just singing like right to me um I don't know it's just it's, it's a cool song That's one way, I love that.
0: welcome back (laughs) (laughs) and um uh this is podcast 129 if you want to see the show notes see some links and stuff uh check out pacificpelican.us slash 64 at the website though there'll be some uh some show notes and stuff and uh also check out jessica's website jessica.sf3am.com and uh you want to check out uh my book uh you can see information about that at djmcloud.com
1: yeah um we're pretty social so you can find us on twitter and, and instagram and you know follow in our fun journey
0: yeah i have a uh i, ha- I have a uh, link blog kind of thing i uh, uh you know an aggregator set up so when I post to most social stuff, it shows up. Uh, so at, at the website, slash it'll, 64 it'll have... Or dgmcloud.com They both have feeds so you can see the stuff I'm doing. And then, you know, we were talking about maybe using IFTTT to get uh, your site doing some of that stuff too because your site, you know, it used to aggregate your tweets and then that Twitter tools uh, app broke, uh, sort of, uh, the, that plug-in. So, so I mean... You know, we gotta. U- we should use IFTTT to move your tweets and stuff into there, so people can check that site. You know, yeah, you see all of it aggregated.
1: I've gotta make some recipes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I have uh, a couple apps that I was gonna talk about. You know, there's um, there's a. Uh, bookmarking uh service sort of a social bookmarking service uh that's called pinboard cool and uh i i use that i've been using that zoo tool shut down so zoo tool was this you know social bookmarking service that had kind of a visual slant it was like you know it would try if you bookmark a picture it would you know try to look nice when you looked at your your bookmarks and stuff and angry but like you know it it worked as a like a, a service where you could you know you could have uh uh the the web pages you wanted to be able to you know find later but you know uh you know save to it but that but they shut down they uh they were talking about making a decentralized bookmarking service or whatever but they you know they they shut down and and so they're not around so i was using them but i actually moved to pinboard before that happens fortunately so um and i was able to move my bookmarks over and uh yeah, pinboard.in is the site. It's like one of those you pay at first to use it and then, you know, you just pay up front. It's like a little more than 10 bucks. Uh, but the thing is, okay, so what I do is I take IFTTT and when I'm done reading something in Pocket, I, you know, I hit the check mark, I archive it. And what happens is uh, through IFTTT, it sends uh, that URL to uh, my pinboard account as well so I have like a private bookmark saved after I'm done reading an article in the pocket app, I'll I'll be able to, uh, you know, be able to, uh, search for, you know, search for it later. If I, if, if I want to reference it again or something, but if I'm done reading it, um, I mean, it goes in the pocket archive too, but this way it goes into something else. And so if you want to look at your bookmarks and also you can save with a bookmarklet, you know, on right from the, the web too, is if you want to check your book, um, Bookmarks on the iPhone. There's an app called uh uh Pinner. Okay. And you know, that's like a client for Pinboard. So uh right there you can see this is a video that we were watching earlier. Right. And uh I archived it after we watched it this morning and it's already uh put pushed uh to pinboard and then you know loaded into this app. So you know it it lets you search your you know bookmarks and uh you know it has one of those uh le- upper left navigations kind kind of strange how it kind of pops you into this little hmm. abstract menu but it's trying to be like iOS 7 friendly and then you can see you know your pu- your public private unread untagged you know other stuff tags and uh yeah i mean it's it's pretty cool
1: so there is um there's a public people can see like probably what you've pinned
0: yeah so see you share like a profile if if i'm share if I'm using the bookmarklet right here yeah there is a right there's a public profile and um my username is specific pelican I think so it's it there's a little url structure that they have with the username and so if let's say i'm 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 using the bookmarklet on this page right so it takes the page okay, so when you're saving it, it can save it as a private or a public one you got to click the box for private or it'll be public okay. And if you uh, leave it public, then, yeah, people can go to your public profile and, and, and see what you've shared publicly. So, sure, I mean, it's like a way to, you know, if it's a web page that you want people to be able to link to. On the other hand, maybe it's just an article you read or something or or, or something you're keeping track of. So, you, you know, it's okay for you to have it, you know, in your pinboard account, but it's not necessary to share it on the public web. So, you know, both both uses are pretty cool. And then there's, there's another thing that I do, actually, like where I uh, – I push to my updates blog. I have it set up so that if I use a special tag when I'm saving something, when I'm saving a public bookmark on pinboard, I can also have IFTTT push that to my updates blog. So, you know, and then it shows up at the front of my websites like I was talking about earlier. So here I have this tag pinboard. So these are things that I've linked to. And then even though the link goes through IFTTT's URL shortener, these links take you to the page that I uh, bookmarked. And, you know, so you can see um, if, you, if you check my updates blog, you know, you can click through and go to those pages. So it's a way to just, you know, to have pages. Uh, um, the way a lot of people will tweet links to web pages, like this is another way to socially, you know, share bookmarks, stuff like that.
1: Well, that's a great idea. I I think you know with the popularity of Pinterest and and really having you know so many people out there um, searching the web and finding good stuff, it's it's nice to kind of find people and follow people. Now, do you follow other pinboard people? Are there people that you think pin good stuff?
0: You know, I've just started looking into that side of it. Yeah. I think I've been using it a little more. Um, I'd been put. I had taken my Zootool bookmarks mo- and moved it to it, and then I had been using. IFTTT uh, to push my red articles to it, but now um, I've been using it a little more actively, like like do, you know, like what I was talking about there, so that I'm kind of getting more into using the pinboard site. And I've just a couple times peeked at some of their their front page, you know, their public stuff. And uh, uh, yeah, they have a a button that says popular, and then you can look at what a lot of people are saving. Um, I haven't really explored it too much, but I think it seems kind of cool. I'll tell you what, I think right now, especially it's, it's a pretty technical community. So I, I think the biggest popular tag I'm seeing right now on their page that for pinboard.in slash popular is JavaScript. Mm-hmm. Um, editor is a big tag. Um, web design is a big tag. So, so, you know, you're going to have a, uh, you're, you're going to see uh, people sharing a lot of information about, technical information it's one of those sites that still has that type of audience so i think i think in terms of finding stuff like that it's good in terms of surfacing social content videos stuff like that i'm not sure it's really uh there you know there is an app that i've found that does try to find interesting videos you know it's one of those things that you know i mean you can go to youtube and you can you can also um, you know, look at blogs. There's a lot of different ways to try to discover video, but what's the best, you know, there's different apps, there's different websites. And so I'm not saying this is one of those, this is the solution to those questions, but this is another, you know, entrant into the, uh, arena of aggregating videos. It, it's, it's, uh, an app called show you. And, uh, okay. it's a website also, really what they do is they just try to find interesting videos and it's just a list. Now you can get an account and you can give them information, social data, and then they try to, I think, specify what you might like. I haven't tried that yet. I haven't gotten an account with them. But I will say it does surface kind of just, you know, popular videos or stuff that, you know, um, might be popular with their users. So you might, you know, you might find stuff that's, you know, already out there and you might find a couple things on it. But I, I, I'm just, I'm, I tend to be like, you know, looking for solutions like this because I, I mean, there's, there's some video you know what I mean? There's, there's some apps to find video, but there's no like real perfect one. Even the YouTube app, they keep improving that, but it seems like there's a lot deeper, um, content in YouTube. And I'll tell you what, even there's that there's, there's, there's places like, 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 um, you know, uh, aggregators that, that where people search through YouTube, you know what I mean? Because there's so much content there and the own websites algorithms don't really seem that great at surfacing it.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's exactly it. There's so much content out there that, you know, you really do need some kind of somebody, editor, curator, whatever, to just pick out some good stuff, you know?
0: Sure. It's, it's, it's not uh, that, yeah, it's not, it's not that easy to find, you know, the, the, the consistent source of a lot of different, you know, video. um, uh, And, and I know there's, um. There's there's iOS apps too, uh, but uh, you know this Squirrel app S Q U R L. I'm trying to run that to see what they're surfacing right now, but they're just giving me this fake connectivity message. So the little Squirrel <laughs> logo. Well, there's a, and there's, there's a running um, Squirrel animation in the bottom right, but it's not the think? connection isn't good, but the, there isn't a problem. Do you think
1: that's using the animation yeah. that we were looking at
0: today? No, the Sprightly animation. I don't think so. We were looking at this uh, jQuery plugin called Spritely and they have a demo website where you can see they have like this cartoon bird flying animation. Uh, but but no, I mean you know um, I'm not sure. I think there's a there's there's UI kit. There's 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 tools in Apple. I'm not sure if there's an animation kit for for iOS, but there's like these. You know, there's there's these tools that the Apple gives developers that that people probably use in those apps.
1: Mm-hmm. So, would you say that in the in the recent um, Batman movies, Bane is like one of your favorite characters?
0: <laughs> you know, I actually I enjoyed the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, okay, I would say
1: so. This is Bane Cat. <laughs> okay.
2: car
0: why don't you ever listen or well, perhaps he's wondering why someone would give him a treat before <laughs> throwing him into that cage
2: peanut you know i have to take
0: him to the vet do you <laughs> feel in charge uh, i'm the owner and this gives you power over me you have been so good
2: i'm gonna
0: <laughs> give you a treat oh you think darkness is your eye I <laughs> will
2: show you where I have made my home. Your precious
0: armory.
2: Gratefully <laughs> accept it.
0: We will need it. Oh,
1: yes, juice.
0: <laughs> What'd you do? I peed in it. <laughs>
1: For sale. Super friendly.
2: Like an animal. Speaking of the devil. And he shall appear. We both know I'm going to have to kill you now.
0: Yeah, I mean they did a good job getting the cat um, uh, set up to look like Bane. So.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you gotta
0: give him that.
1: I mean, it combines Bane and cats. That's pretty awesome. Right? <laughs> 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 What's that? A little birdie?
0: Cockatiel sings Victory's Fanfare from Final Fantasy. I I don't know. I mean, you guys can sing a lot of stuff.
1: I love it. Is he at the vet? I
3: don't know what
1: it is. I don't know, maybe he's just chilling at home. He's got a nice little blanket there.
0: Mark Knight, your love, original club mix.
1: I love that. It's a great mix. Good to dance to.
0: Did I tell you about house music? Let me tell you about house music. You must live house music. You must dance house music. You must design your Feng Shui around house music.
1: like the house music zane
0: you know <laughs> house music lecture series as yeah. i called the the um a lot of the songs that were coming out in house music i, I think i would say it peaked about 2007 i'm not sure exactly but that was that was basically there were there were like there were a lot of um a lot of songs with uh with very uh, prescriptive lectures about how to take on the house music lifestyle yeah and um i don't know if uh i I don't know if uh people are going to like make uh virtual clubs that they can go and dance in in um in these vr headsets you know like they could go uh they could go like i don't know or maybe you know other people could be there too virtually right i mean there's that turntable ff thing which seemed to kind of come and go in popularity but what if you're like in a, you're, you know, you put a headset on and you're walking around there's lights flashing and it's like. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that's the audience of these things. Oculus Rift. Have you heard of that thing?
1: I think. Was that something we, we were reading about with Facebook? That they are going to make the virtual reality world?
0: That's right. Yeah. Facebook they bought, bought out mm-hmm. a company called Oculus Rift. It uh, sounds
1: like a cool uh, transformer.
0: <laughs> let me tell you, though, what happened, right? There was a Kickstarter. People raised money for, uh, for to make the Oculus Rift, and then the company went and turned around and sold itself for a couple billion dollars worth of stock in cash from wow. f- to Facebook.
1: That's kind of crazy.
0: Uh, so, theguardian.com has this article, what uh, is uh, what is the Oculus Rift bash tell us? Facebook just isn't cool, is, is their headline. <laughs> and um, it, uh, the article uh, opens, quote, the news that Facebook has splurged $2 billion on buying Oculus Rift, the world's first really viable virtual reality headset, has set off waves of plaintive snark in the world of video games. Virtual reality headsets were supposed to be about totally immersive space battles or sword fighting simulations. Uh, not about... through of simulacra of distant relatives' new kitchen windows. I mean, it's bad enough when Facebook friends have children and instantly change their profile picture to a baby photo as though having regressed to mewing and puking infancy themselves.
1: (laughs) I love it. That's uh, hilarious.
0: <laughs> imagine seeing that appalling phenomenon in the future, Face World. Facebook will probably not have, any reish- Facebook will probably not have reassured many observers with the despair inducing management jargon of its announcement, wherein we learn excitedly that Facebook plans to extend Oculus's existing advantage in gaming to new verticals, including communications, media and entertainment, education, and other areas <laughs> pretty sure one of those other verticals is going to be advertising that is literally in your face unquote
1: <laughs> they, they kind of look like bane too wearing those like, headsets <sighs> <laughs> that's, that's sort of sorts yay i got a ding
0: you've been so good i want to give you a treat
1: that's <laughs> my <laughs> treat
0: Now, uh, I've uh, uh, also um, seeing uh, there. There's a article that I saw that Last FM is shutting down its subscription service. So I don't know who was still listening to music through Last FM, mm-hmm. you know. But I I kind of remember when I first came. To the site, that was like you would go there and you would listen to their last FM radio like you would and they would play music. And in a way, I think I thought of them as like the an early competitor to Pandora down to having an app
2: yeah. and a pay
0: subscription service for mobile. Well, now they're they're um, concentrating on their uh, quote unquote scrobbling or keeping track of music and giving recommendations and all that stuff. And they're shutting down their subscription music service. So, I mean, with all the new services launching, uh Apple and other people, you know, launching services, it makes sense that somebody would shut down. And that I guess that wasn't really the core of Last F M. But you know Last F M was another one of those companies that was bought out by CBS. Just like CNET.
1: I remember that. I do remember that. I
0: think Last F M was based in London, at least originally. Uh, you know and and remember they were at first in like the early web 2.0 era they were kind of one of the cool sites you know people would in- integrate with them and and they they would have uh they would have a lot of dedicated listeners that would discover music through it and yeah. then you could end up buying music through other sites but it would be like a discovery ser- uh, platform and then people that allowed their music to be on last fm you could like upload your music to last fm That was kind of a thing before SoundCloud and stuff, you know, and it was it was a thing where people would try to get their music discovered too. But now, I mean, I guess you have to publish your music through another channel, and you might still be able to be discovered on Last FM. I mean, how many users does it have? You know, what has CBS really done with it? Nothing,
1: and I mean they had such an opportunity.
0: Yeah, it was like before all this this internet radio area got so crowded. And does CBS have interest in one of those other companies? You know, like Mog or one of those. I don't know. I don't know that they do though. You know, I don't. I don't know if they have something else. See, I mean, look. You look at the website, right? It is basically the same, very similar to how it was several years ago. I mean, I would say this right here is a superficial redesign here, but I mean. Isn't it basically the same? Kind of feel like they don't feel like they've they have the player, you type in something. I think you can I think it'll what they're doing now is they're gonna require like you can still type in um you know a type of music you wanna listen to and hit the play button, but then I think pretty soon in order to play any full track, you're gonna have to have a Spotify login or something. Because they're not going to deal with the music licensing anymore.
1: It's probably a, a tough battle, you know? And well, yeah, but
0: it's CBS too, right? They're a big company. But yeah, I mean, it's music licensing is just a big hassle, right? It
1: is, you know? I mean, and they probably just were like, they looked at what, you know, their portfolio and thought this isn't worth it, you know?
0: And you know what they do now? And, and this, is, this is amazing, right? Because it's like CBS, just consider that. Like, um, uh, they are using YouTube. Okay, so I typed in Johnny Cash, right, on the, at the at, on the um, player. And I, I hit play. Yeah. Look what it did. Look what it did. It's playing Johnny Cash, and that's all well and good. But it's playing it through YouTube. It stink.
1: Crazy. Try to kill it all away. But I remember everything. What have I become? My sweetest friend Everyone I know Goes away In the end.
3: And you could have it all
0: The great Johnny Cash Covering Night H I guess, um, uh, my brother Jim was telling me, you know, a lot of people come to that song now through Johnny Cash.
1: They do, you know, and it's interesting, like, like, I think there was a a Pearl Jam song very similar that he did kind of after it was a, I think it was a cover and like that brought in a lot of people into Pearl Jam too, because they really liked that song. Sometimes, you know, it hooked, there's that song that just hooks a wider audience.
0: Yeah, um... So I was showing you the uh, Intellicast app, uh, right? Like uh, now, there's an iOS app. Uh, it's basically for one of those, you know, one of those re- uh, websites. When I search radar, if I search weather radar four four one zero seven, so that's like, you know, we'll search for uh, radar map centered around where you know our zip code. One of the top results usually in Google is is a site called Intellicast, and they do a pretty good job with radar maps. Yeah. So I noticed they have an app it has like a little ad bar in it and stuff i'm not sure if you can get rid of that or whatever but like um it's it has a pretty cool radar um readout and the tabs it's not super elegant the way that you have to click on the small target on the bottom to to get to different tabs but it works well enough and you can see uh hourly forecast 10 day forecast all this stuff um along with the radar what do you think of that app
1: i think it's pretty cool i mean the thing with weather apps usually is once you like get into the weather you kind of want to know more like are there traffic delays are there you know where is it moving to what's the rest of the week look like so it's nice that it has all that information in one place versus you know some apps just focus on certain certain things so if you want like you know if you want to get into the weather it's a good one to do that with i think
0: yeah i think I think my favorite is still dark sky. They've redesigned it. It's a little different now, but I mean that's a nice quick look at the weather conditions, a quick look at radar, but there's a certain kind of like what well, it feels Because, like, I don't know and telecast is like I think primarily a website. it's more like the 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 ones you see on the web whereas dark sky their radar they try to make it you know work on the phone they kind of the, with the different unconventional colors and stuff yeah. you learn to read it right. But in terms of like in terms of having that kind of more the, the different colors that, they, that you're used to seeing on the web to indicate the type of precipitation and stuff, and Telecast does a pretty good job uh, of that, I think. yeah. Pretty lights, finally moving.
1: Yeah, it's a really good um, song to put on your yoga playlist, um, and it's on my 60-minute yoga playlist on uh, Spotify. So hopefully, I can share that if you want. And you can. Oh,
0: we can see if we can post a public link to that uh, that shared playlist. That sounds good. Yeah. Because uh, Jessica, yeah, is gonna um uh provide some real value with uh with her playlist given that she's a yoga instructor so she'll be able to help uh you know guide you through a nice hour of yoga with that playlist
1: yeah it's a it's a good one you know it's and you know for all the yoga teachers out there you know it's always nice to just share what you're really good at besides yoga you know so if it's playlists or flows or philosophy or whatever you know i just encourage the community to to share so that we can all benefit from, uh, what, what else you're really good at. And I like to put together playlists.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You, I, I know that, that, uh, as you, as you've, uh, educated me a little bit about, um, what you've learned, uh, in your training and, and, and now you're teaching, you know, uh, there's many aspects to it. And like any kind of profession, there's, there's going to be specialists in different areas and people are going to take advice from from them uh uh among their peers for the areas they really have uh uh a niche in, right? But 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 of course, you know, there's a whole range of knowledge that you need to do it. Yeah. Well I got this uh news uh story here, you know, people been talking about the Chris Christie uh George Washington Bridge scandal and so um here's here's some more stuff uh uh going on about that and I also got a clip of him Uh, uh, at a uh, at an event and the the people that were uh, that decided to uh to show up and make you know uh, share their opinion with them
3: good evening from washington i'm alex wagner in for chris hayes late breaking news tonight the only person who definitely knows why it was time for some traffic problems in fort lee the person who wrote that email Chris Christie's former deputy chief of staff, fired by the governor, savaged in an internal report released yesterday, and called a liar by Christie again today, has responded tonight with a rocket of a statement from her attorney, which says Kelly will talk if given, quote, appropriate procedural safeguards by the U.S. Attorney's Office. If that happens. Kelly's lawyer said she will be fully cooperative and provide truthful and complete answers to any questions asked of her by the appropriate law enforcement authorities. This is potentially huge development that comes on the heels of Christie today holding his first news conference since January. Following the release of a 360 page internal report that found the governor was not involved in the seemingly politically motivated decision to close access lanes on the George Washington Bridge in September, leading to four days of traffic gridlock. Christy Christy spoke to the press for more than an hour today before the release of Bridget Ann Kelly's statement, and he carried himself like a man vindicated, despite the fact that the internal investigation he commissioned was derided as little more than a taxpayer-funded whitewash by yeah. critics.
2: Yeah. It's colorful, Brian. Well, colorful. Why don't you just get to the question with it and, and cut the commentary back a little. Not my top person. Can you get to it already? I'll answer. No, I joked. Oh, Christine, stop. You have to get the facts right if you can ask me a question. Oh, it's to you You guys like write stories about what you think you're entitled to. Well, what I think you're entitled to is the answers when I get them. Uh, David, for, you know, Goodness, seriously. I'm up here trying to very carefully answer your questions, and I don't know whether you can't take notes or you're not listening. Listen, everybody, um, I appreciate all the questions. Um, it's, um, it's such an extraordinary joy and relief for me, finally to be able to come back and interact with you kind of gentle the way that we always have. Um, I'd love to say I missed you, um, uh, but I didn't. Um, uh, uh, But um, I'm looking forward to having you all back.
3: Christy kicked off that press conference by announcing the resignation of another key player in the Bridgegate scandal, the chairman of the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, David Sampson, the fourth Christie aide or appointee to resign or be fired since the Bridgegate scandal began. Samson is a close Christie ally and a highly connected attorney who, like Bridget Kelly, declined to be interviewed by Christie's investigators. Christie portrayed Samson's resignation as unrelated to the scandals that have engulfed his second term.
0: Yeah, he's been
2: talking to me for the better part of a year about wanting to move on um, because he just was tired. He had served a long time. He's 74 years old, and he said, "You know, Chris, I'd like to spend some more time doing other things."
3: Prosecutors reportedly authority records related to Mr. Samson's potential conflicts of interest amid questions over Samson's votes to award bridge contracts to two large construction companies that have been represented by his law firm. And former Port Authority official David Wildstein, a man who was heavily criticized in the internal Christie report, wrote in the Bridgegate emails that Samson was helping us to retaliate. As for Bridgegate, where are you in jail a statement from her lawyer today complained of, quote, venomous, gratuitous, wow. and inappropriate, sexist remarks concerning Miss Kelly. Christie's internal report speculated that Kelly's role in the scandal may have been part of an emotional reaction. Following a breakup with former Christie chief of staff Bill Stepien, in response to a question today about whether the report was fair to Kelly, Christie cast it as simply reflecting reality.
2: I think the report laid out the facts. There's some sick person out here that's doing this, and however anybody wants to interpret those is up to your particular interpretation.
3: Joining me now is my MSNBC colleague <laughs> Steve Kornacki, Hayes. <laughs> Both of them have been covering
0: the heck out of this story. Steve. Well, uh, so David Samson was one of these guys that like Christie had been defending very heavily. And you heard them trying to make the case about it being coincidental. Right. There's no way this is a very like serious kind of like loss for him. Because, you know, I mean, this was one of the people that he had put a lot of um, force behind defending just very recently
1: yeah i I mean I think he's doing it because I think he's gonna make a presidential run and I think he's got to see if he can get through this
0: well how many the, the I think that I think you're right in your analysis but the question is how many people does he have to throw overboard and this is somebody who was very senior in terms of having influence in his administration and influence over him and you know he had very vigorously defended him um f- just recently and so this is this really became like uh, I think this this is a real loss. This is a major, you know, loss for his kind of in his uh, among his political allies, having David Sampson resign right now. Um, th- this is the guy who was uh, at the top level of the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. And, and this, you know, this, so it involves not just having um, someone you're very connected to at that high position, but also having him run interference uh, for this investigation, probably. Right. So he loses all that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's a big step. You know, like it's interesting that they waited. I mean, it's been a this is a long time to come out with a statement.
0: Yeah, there there has um I mean, this is this has kind of been really dragging along, right? Yeah. It was early January when a, a s- some amount of the information came out and it was it, it it's been going on since September. So, yeah, I mean, this it's right, just it's they... been
1: the block or whatever
0: right then and and people were looking into it then but it's just gotten more and more so so here is a handful of days ago um uh chris christie this is uh the the article dated march 18th 2014 so this is uh uh an event he did and uh some of the some of the people had showed up to it kind of unexpectedly Trying to play this video off of nj.com. And let me say one other
2: thing that is a new and recent phenomenon in the Christie Town Hall meetings. This new and recent phenomenon is brought to you by the by the Communication Workers of America. The State Workers Union has decided that one of their goals and missions in life is to recruit people to come here to the town hall meeting. When you begin to ask questions, they will stand up and start to scream and yell over you and over me. Yes. Yeah. That lady right there.
1: We should just get a megaphone. Playing at the Cleveland Improv tonight, and uh, tickets are just twenty five dollars. Should we go? Go. No. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs>
1: uh. Goodbye.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to PacificPelican.us/slash sixty four podcast. Uh, with me, Dan Michiell, with my lovely wife, Jessica, and as uh i said it's been uh recorded march uh 29 2014 uh and uh you know the um the just to mop up our uh our stories let's see uh what um there's this there. okay there's this uh article it's on writing dead genres okay so this uh this this writer, uh, Ava J, J-A-E, com and she has uh, an article on, on writing dead genres. So what is a dead genre? If you were going to think, oh, what, what a dead genre, you know?
1: Or uh, of the written, like, um, I don't know. I mean... Science fiction romance. I mean, I'm thinking people are uh, still making.
0: All yeah, no, okay. I well, you, I think I think you mystery. you might have you. I think you, you might have hit it here. Um, th- this is and this is what I found surprising because people are still writing that, but th- I think that some writers just call them dead genres. So, so she's saying why a paranormal manuscripts is is an example because there's such a flood of them. I guess in in with all the stuff that's already popular and all the people that are writing trying to write new stuff like. Okay, I, I didn't realize, but I guess that genre has become so saturated, it's become so overwhelmed that it's just referred to as a dead genre. Even though, like, you I, you know there's actually a lot of energy probably being expended, people writing on it. But it's one of those that, like, I guess a lot of publishing houses are, are like, gonna look at and kind of look askance at. Because it's just, there's just floods of these coming in.
1: So it's more like, you're dead to me.
0: Well, Even though I you're still know, alive, I, I mean, but, and but maybe
1: thriving,
0: m- maybe there's a creativity kind of, yeah, I don't know, like a, a creativity uh, deficit in those areas. Do you think?
1: Yeah, because they're probably just pumping them out, you know. Just uh, it's got they got a template and they're just swapping in names and moving it along. But you know, I don't know. I haven't read any young adult paranormal is that like harry potter
0: well i think you're looking at stuff that's in the probably in the, the like a lot of the the mega titles of the last uh decade and so have have maybe fit loosely into that area maybe hunger games uh you know like people are writing um quote-unquote dystopian novels but that fits and that all kind of fits into that um twilight right yeah those are the mega sellers,
1: <laughs> oh I don't know like when when Twilight had a baby, you know, and then they had a baby in Star Wars, I mean that was like jumping the shark for both of those, you know, like oh baby
0: when did that happen
1: in which one Star Wars
0: Twilight, I know it happened in Star Wars
1: Twilight um. i don't know what one i'm gonna there should be like a random name generator for twilight new moon or saga of the blood moon or whatever but she's like i'm pregnant and so she has this like what half vampire half human baby because like she wanted to be with the vampires but they're like well if i like bite you or whatever then you're gonna be a vampire forever you know Ah. like are you sure you want that like they like Ah. never die (laughs) And I guess they're like, they get bored because they're like, fuck, I'm never going to die. I'm a vampire. Okay. I know. Isn't that weird? So.
0: Did you ever think about like reading any of those books, you know, that are like the mega popular? I know you read some Harry Potter stuff.
1: Yeah, I think I read one book.
0: Well, did you, do you ever think about reading like Hunger Games or Twilight or anything?
1: I think, you know, the, I like them. I would rather watch the movie of that, like than I'm only investing like, you know, two hours of my time versus possibly longer with the book. Yeah. But I don't know. You know, I, I haven't read a lot of fiction books lately. I've been reading a lot of, I don't know, I guess more nonfiction books and, um, I should pick up a good fiction book.
0: Well, um, let's see. Uh uh there's uh there's a book out there that they are making into a movie. I'm not sure. I think I guess this is just the latest in this long line of these kinds of books. It's it's called Divergent by Veronica Roth. Okay. Quote There is one mirror in my house. It is behind a sliding panel in the hallway upstairs. Our faction allows me to stand in front of it on the second day of every third month, the day my mother cuts my hair.
1: That's a lot of hair cutting.
0: I sit on the stool and my mother stands behind me with the scissors, trimming. The strands fall on the floor in a dull, blonde ring. When she finishes, she pulls my hair away from my face and twists it into a knot. I note how calm she looks and how focused she is. She is well-practiced in the art of losing herself. I can't say the same for myself.
1: That's awesome. Um, and pretty powerful.
3: Um... (laughs)